Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thanks for taking your seat at the Cool Kids table and joining us for another episode. Before we get started, let's thank one of the sponsors of this show. So this episode is brought to you by the Potential Mastermind Project. And you're saying, wait a minute, Tom, that's your own program. And that is true. But I think it's a worthy sponsor for the listeners of this show because the show is called Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. And if you're listening, I assume that you're an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, a business leader, or someone inside a company with a huge entrepreneurial spirit who wants to do more. And I know in my soul that everybody has more potential. And yet, some people feel stuck because potential does not equal results. And oftentimes there is a huge gap and we look over that gap and see the things that we can be doing and we're not sure how we can move closer to it. And that's why I created the Potential Mastermind Project. Just go to PotentialMastermind.com and check out all the information that's there because I'll tell you what, a program like this isn't for everybody. It might not be for you. But if inside you're looking for a group of people that you can share your ideas with who will help you mold them and then who will help hold you accountable, this might be the exact project, the exact program for you to join. So jump on over to PotentialMastermind.com and check it out. If you have any questions, contact me directly, Tom at TomSinger.com, and I will happily answer any questions. Maybe we'll even jump on a call and I'll tell you about what I'm trying to do as we're changing this group and trying to make it even more valuable. If you've been thinking about it for some time, now is the time to do it. So today's show is just me. I don't have a guest for today because we just came off of episode number 300. And if you haven't heard that interview with Brian Minnell, I think you got to go back, stop right now, go back one episode and listen to the interview with Brian. Brian was the first guest I ever had on this show, and he and I have known each other since we were about 12 years old. Uh, we both grew up in Southern California, and coincidentally, we both live in Austin, Texas, literally less than a mile apart. And uh, he was the first person because he's a serial entrepreneur. He started a bunch of companies. He took a company public. He was the first person I wanted to have on this show three years ago. And, uh, you know, it was time to do episode 300, and he's done so many more things. He's he's tracking all the new trends that are going on in technology. He's a serial entrepreneur. I thought he was the perfect guest for episode 300. And uh, so I want to encourage you, if you haven't heard that show, to go back and listen to that one. But today, I just kind of wanted to take a little break from interviewing everybody. We've had so many positive, really strong, informative interviews, especially the last about 10 episodes. I don't know what it is, but I really have really felt like I've gelled with some of these guests and I've learned so much and the inspiration that they've brought has been really strong. But this time, I just wanted to have me on the show and I wanted to talk about something kind of, you know, that's near and dear to my heart. And that is competitors and how you view them. So recently somebody pointed out that that somebody who you could call a competitor sort of took a shot at me, sort of a little diss, if you will. And I don't get worried about too many things all that much because at the end of the day, 
you know, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm having the best year I've ever had in my career. I am working uh, more. I've given over 70 presentations this year. I've been brought in to facilitate uh, board meetings and team meetings for tech companies and for nonprofits. And I'm, I'm doing new stuff that I've never done before. I'm also working more large events like 5,000 person conferences where I'm serving as the master of ceremonies. And I'm doing more work right here in my hometown of Austin, which is nice because I travel a lot and a lot of the extra work I've picked up has been local, which is awesome because it means I don't always have to be on airplanes, although I don't mind being on airplanes. But anyway, someone took sort of a shot at me and and someone called and said, oh, you have to hear what this person said. And I just sort of laughed because I used to do the same thing. I would I would look around at people who were maybe a little bit more successful than me or who were really crushing it. Maybe they were famous and I'd find all the reasons why you could sort of chop them down or sort of the shortcuts that maybe they took or or whatever it was that I thought was like a, a chink in their armor, if you will, sort of a little a little scratch that was there on their shine. And, and I would justify to myself that, well, it's not me. It's because they suck. And I would take shots and maybe I would just do it in my own head. Maybe I would share it with other people. But I learned something a long time ago, and that is don't be jealous of your competition. Don't don't take shots at them and try to belittle them and look for reasons why their success isn't legit. If someone's more successful than you, if they're crushing it, make them your professor. Learn from your competitors. Sit there and say, wow, that person has more business than I do. I I could learn from them. What are they doing? Now, you can't copy them and you can't recreate everything that they did because their path is going to be unique and and a little bit different than yours. Even if you have a company that's pretty much exactly the same, personalities play into this, timing plays into it. Uh, There are so many little pieces. But what you can do is you can say, I'm the student of these people who have already blazed a trail and I'm going to look for not, not where are the scratches in their armor, but I'm going to look for why do they have armor in the first place? First place, What makes them so strong? What makes them great? And how can I emulate some of that within my own personality? So this episode, I just want to talk about how do you learn from the competition and how do you make friends with some of these people who are the competition so that they can not only be your professor from a distance, but in many cases, become your teacher right at your side? What I've discovered that's so interesting is there are so many people out there who want to see others succeed. They get really excited at, at sharing ideas. And I, I try to do this. The, yesterday, I met with this woman and she's starting a whole series of workshops And we met and we went through it and she had a lot of stuff going on. I said, just pick this and go sell it. You've got something really good that I think companies want to buy when it comes to, you know, workshops and training for their people. She has an awesome idea. And I said, you have too many choices. Just pick this one thing and and go go sell it a few times and, and then see where it goes from there. And we started talking about where she could go to get booked to teach this workshop. And she's like, you know, if you'll help me, I'll pay you a commission. And I said, I don't I don't want a commission. I just want to help you. Because, you know, I, I like what you're doing. I think it's good. And if I can help you, maybe someday you can help me because I'll tell you what, a referral to a piece of business is worth a lot more to me than like a 5% commission. I mean, you know, a couple of dollars. I don't want to spend my time trying to help her so I can make 50 bucks or 200 bucks. I want to help her so that number one, she can succeed. But if she wants to return the favor and refer me to something I charge a lot more than 50 bucks or 200 bucks. So if I could get a piece of work because she refers me to somebody, that's worth a lot more to me. And I just think that the rising ship rises all tides. The founder of the National Speakers Association, a gentleman by the name of Cavett Robert, 
He was famous for saying, let's not fight over the slices of the pie. Let's grow the pie bigger. And while the truth of the matter is not everybody in your industry will share that philosophy, the truth is some will. So when you look at the competition, don't get overcome with jealousy or envy. Don't take cheap shots at them to say why they're not so great. And don't totally ignore them. Sometimes I see people who are like, I don't pay any attention to my competition. I don't, I don't think that's the best thing that you can do. Make your competition part of your success, either from a distance, learn what you can by observing and watching and seeing what they do that's great, and then find ways that you can do some of that. Like I said, don't copy them, but find ways that you can emulate that to carve your own path or develop friendships and relationships with them because I believe that your competitors make you better. And when you're known out in the community as somebody who plays up your competition, who talks highly of them, you actually score more points. I remember when I was a sales guy, one of the things one of my first sales managers ever taught me is if the client brings up the competitor, your answer is they're a fantastic company. And then talk about your strengths, not their weaknesses. Because if you immediately go to why they suck. Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thanks for taking your seat at the Cool Kids table and joining us for another episode. Before we get started, let's thank one of the sponsors of this show. So this episode is brought to you by the Potential Mastermind Project. And you're saying, wait a minute, Tom, that's your own program. And that is true. But I think it's a worthy sponsor for the listeners of this show because the show is called Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. And if you're listening, I assume that you're an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, a business leader, or someone inside a company with a huge entrepreneurial spirit who wants to do more. And I know in my soul that everybody has more potential. And yet, some people feel stuck because potential does not equal results. And oftentimes there is a huge gap and we look over that gap and see the things that we can be doing and we're not sure how we can move closer to it. And that's why I created the Potential Mastermind Project. Just go to PotentialMastermind.com and check out all the information that's there because I'll tell you what, a program like this isn't for everybody. It might not be for you. But if inside you're looking for a group of people that you can share your ideas with who will help you mold them and then who will help hold you accountable, this might be the exact project, the exact program for you to join. So jump on over to PotentialMastermind.com and check it out. If you have any questions, contact me directly, Tom at TomSinger.com, and I will happily answer any questions. Maybe we'll even jump on a call and I'll tell you about what I'm trying to do as we're changing this group and trying to make it even more valuable. If you've been thinking about it for some time, now is the time to do it. So today's show is just me. I don't have a guest for today because we just came off of episode number 300. And if you haven't heard that interview with Brian Minnell, I think you got to go back, stop right now, go back one episode and listen to the interview with Brian. Brian was the first guest I ever had on this show, and he and I have known each other since we were about 12 years old. Uh, we both grew up in Southern California, and coincidentally, we both live in Austin, Texas, literally less than a mile apart. 
And uh, he was the first person because he's a serial entrepreneur. He started a bunch of companies. He took a company public. He was the first person I wanted to have on this show three years ago. And, uh, you know, it was time to do episode 300. And he's done so many more things. He's he's tracking all the new trends that are going on in technology. He's a serial entrepreneur. I thought he was the perfect guest for episode 300. And uh, so I want to encourage you, if you haven't heard that show, to go back and listen to that one. But today, I just kind of wanted to take a little break from interviewing everybody. We've had so many positive, really strong, informative interviews, especially the last about 10 episodes. I don't know what it is, but I really have really felt like I've gelled with some of these guests and I've learned so much and the inspiration that they've brought has been really strong. But this time, I just wanted to have me on the show and I want to talk about something kind of, you know, that's near and dear to my heart. And that is competitors and how you view them. So recently somebody pointed out that that somebody who you could call a competitor sort of took a shot at me, sort of a little diss, if you will. And I don't get worried about too many things all that much because at the end of the day, you know, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm having the best year I've ever had in my career. I am working uh, more. I've given over 70 presentations this year. I've been brought in to facilitate uh, board meetings and team meetings for tech companies and for nonprofits. And I'm, I'm doing new stuff that I've never done before. I'm also working more large events like 5,000 person conferences where I'm serving as the master of ceremonies. And I'm doing more work right here in my hometown of Austin, which is nice because I travel a lot and a lot of the extra work I've picked up has been local, which is awesome because it means I don't always have to be on airplanes, although I don't mind being on airplanes. But anyway, someone took sort of a shot at me and and someone called and said, oh, you have to hear what this person said. And I just sort of laughed because I used to do the same thing. I would I would look around at people who were maybe a little bit more successful than me or who were really crushing it. Maybe they were famous and I'd find all the reasons why you could sort of chop them down or sort of the shortcuts that maybe they took or or whatever it was that I thought was like a, a chink in their armor, if you will, sort of a little a little scratch that was there on their shine. And, and I would justify to myself that, well, it's not me. It's because they suck. And I would take shots and maybe I would just do it in my own head. Maybe I would share it with other people. But I learned something a long time ago, and that is don't be jealous of your competition. Don't don't take shots at them and try to belittle them and look for reasons why their success isn't legit. If someone's more successful than you, if they're crushing it, make them your professor. Learn from your competitors. Sit there and say, wow, that person has more business than I do. I I could learn from them. What are they doing? Now, you can't copy them and you can't recreate everything that they did because their path is going to be unique and and a little bit different than yours. Even if you have a company that's pretty much exactly the same, personalities play into this, timing plays into it. Uh, There are so many little pieces. But what you can do is you can say, I'm the student of these people who have already blazed a trail and I'm going to look for not, not where are the scratches in their armor, but I'm going to look for why do they have armor in the first place? First place, What makes them so strong? What makes them great? And how can I emulate some of that within my own personality? So this episode, I just want to talk about how do you learn from the competition? And how do you make friends with some of these people who are the competition so that they can not only be your professor from a distance, but in many cases, Become your teacher right at your side. What I've discovered that's so interesting is there are so many people out there who want to see others succeed. They get really excited at sharing ideas. And I I try to do this. Yesterday, I met with this woman, and she's starting a whole series of workshops. 
And we met and we went through it and she had a lot of stuff going on. I said, just pick this and go sell it. You've got something really good that I think companies want to buy when it comes to, you know, workshops and training for their people. She has an awesome idea. And I said, you have too many choices. Just pick this one thing and, and go go sell it a few times and, and then see where it goes from there. And we started talking about where she could go to get booked to teach this workshop. And she's like, you know, if you'll help me, I'll pay you a commission. And I said, I don't, I don't want a commission. I just want to help you. Because, you know, I, I like what you're doing. I think it's good. And if I can help you, maybe someday you can help me because I'll tell you what, a referral to a piece of business is worth a lot more to me than like a 5% commission. I mean, you know, a couple of dollars. I don't want to spend my time trying to help her so I can make 50 bucks or 200 bucks. I want to help her so that number one, she can succeed. But if she wants to return the favor and refer me to something I charge a lot more than 50 bucks or 200 bucks. So if I could get a piece of work because she refers me to somebody, that's worth a lot more to me. And I just think that the rising ship rises all tides. The founder of the National Speakers Association, a gentleman by the name of Cavett Robert, he was famous for saying, let's not fight over the slices of the pie. Let's grow the pie bigger. And while the truth of the matter is not everybody in your industry will share that philosophy, the truth is some will. So when you look at the competition, don't get overcome with jealousy or envy. Don't take cheap shots at them to say why they're not so great. Or, and don't totally ignore them. Sometimes I see people who are like, I don't pay any attention to my competition. I don't, I don't think that's the best thing that you can do. Make your competition part of your success. Either from a distance, learn what you can by observing and watching and seeing what they do that's great and then find ways that you can do some of that. Like I said, don't copy them, but find ways that you can emulate that to carve your own path or develop friendships and relationships with them because I believe that your competitors make you better. And when you're known out in the community as somebody who plays up your competition, who talks highly of them, you actually score more points. I remember when I was a sales guy, one of the things one of my first sales managers ever taught me is if the client brings up the competitor, your answer is they're a fantastic company. And then talk about your strengths, not their weaknesses. Because if you immediately go to why they suck, the client is not going to admire you for cutting down the competition. But instead, if you say, yes, they're a very strong company, here's why I think you should do business with us, that's a better way to be able to sell than to be taking pot shots at your competitors. So I think there's a lot of things that you can do when you're actually looking at the competition. And the first thing is know who your competition is. Sometimes our competition isn't who we think they are. You know, we think we, we identify people as our, as our competitors or as sort of the, the dark side. But the reality is, is that you have to know who are you really competing against. In my own industry, there are over 50,000 people who call themselves professional speakers. Now, I can only speak, I think I'll speak like 80 times this year. Maximum would probably be around 100 just because of the amount of time that's involved. So if there's 50,000 people, well, if they were all vying for those 100 spots, then everybody would be my competitor and this would, this would stink. However, every single week I've calculated that there are like 20,000 opportunities just in the United States that someone can speak. Now, not all of those are highly paid. Not all of them fit the parameter of where I am. But every single week, there are tens of thousands of opportunities for someone to be on a stage. So there are lots of opportunities. I only need to find 100 of them a year to be extremely successful. So I don't look at other speakers as my competition. Even people who speak on the same topics that I speak on aren't necessarily my competition. 
My competition are going to be the people who show up on the same short list. And here's the deal. I don't know who those are until I'm deep into the sales cycle. So when I'm not in a sales cycle, I don't view other speakers as somebody who I'm competing with. So first of all, realize that you're not competing with everybody. Plus, if you work in a business that's regional, or like in my case, there's a lot of speakers who speak on topics way different than me. So the same organization isn't going to consider me and that person. So what you want to do is not get caught up in the fact that if you have a, a pet store in Topeka, that somebody in uh, you know, California is your competitor. No, they're not. They could be the greatest resource for you because you're not competing with the same people who are going to come in and buy a puppy. So you can share ideas. That's why I'm a really big believer in getting involved in your trade association. If you listen to the show regularly, you've heard me say this a whole bunch of times. If, if you're a locksmith and you're not an active member of the American Locksmiths Association, well, you're missing out because there's so many things that people are doing in this changing world that you know you might not be aware of. Several years ago, I spoke many times uh, over a series of three different years for NATSO, the National Association of Truck Stop Operators. And I learned so much from this organization. Now, if you think about it, you're like NATSO, Truck Stop Operators. But these people are in a business that's changing as, as the world is changing and as people – the way they travel is changing, uh, self-driving cars, all these things are coming. They have to be aware of what's going on. But a truck stop in North Dakota isn't competing with a truck stop in Texas. In fact, it's just the opposite. They're learning. What are they doing to become more active in their community? How are they drawing people in who aren't just uh, driving but maybe from their communities? What are they doing with their restaurants? What type of products are they carrying and what's selling and what's important? I learned so much watching these people share best practices that I fell in love with this idea that whatever industry you're in – you are better off. You're going to be more successful if you get involved because if you get involved with people who are doing similar jobs to you, you get an up-close look at what they're doing. So like I said before, don't copy them, but look for trends. Be able to identify trends that are happening in your industry only happens if you're watching what other people are doing because no matter how good you are, and, and I'm assuming you're good at what you do, but no matter how good you are, you're not the only person in your industry who is going to be cutting edge. In my world with 50,000 people who call themselves speakers, I don't even know, I don't even know who 5,000 of them are. I, I probably don't even know 500 of them. But what if within the, the several hundred people I do know, what if some of them are attempting new things that are, are earth-shattering and, 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 and you know really creative? I need to be paying attention to that. In fact, I probably need to be paying attention to 500 or 5,000, if not 50,000, looking for what's happening in my industry. And the only way that's going to happen is if I go in with a really positive attitude. If I go in looking at everyone who's trying something new going, that's stupid, they're dumb, that won't work. I'm not going to learn from it. But one of the things you have to do is to be able to identify trend, trends. And I think you do that by knowing other people in your industry. I also say talk to the people who work with them. So if you have a potential prospect and they work with one of your competitors, ask them, why do you work with them? What do you love about working with them? Now, you don't want to pry for proprietary information, but you definitely want to find out the experience that they're giving to customers. And the way you're going to find that is, is you ask. And if you have a positive attitude about the people in your industry, those customers will tell you. They'll tell you exactly why they work with them. I ask every potential prospect who doesn't hire me, what made, what made that decision? What took you over the edge to pick the other person? 
Now, I also ask this of people who do hire me because I want to know what trends are working for me. And if I just guess, I'm not going to be able to learn from it. But when I lose a piece of business and I say, why did you hire that person? And they come back and they give me the answer. Sometimes it makes total sense. Well, of course you hired her for that reason. But sometimes they give me a reason. I had one person hire me one time. He goes, because he goes, well, we didn't want somebody who talked about social media. Well, that wasn't what I was talking about. He goes, we wanted someone who talked about human to human relationships. Well, wait a minute. That's all I talked about at that time in my career. I don't understand. And he said, well, the title of your speech was connecting with people in a gadget crazy world. And he goes, we don't want to talk about social media connecting. Well, he missed the irony of the title of the speech. The title of the speech was connecting with people in a gadget crazy world, crazy, crazy world, meaning how do you get back to connecting with people? Now, most people understand that in that title, but because he didn't, that's now part of what I do in my sales time is I let people know what that speech is about. I talk to that because he was able to tell me he didn't pick me because he thought the speech was the exact opposite of what it was. A lot of people make assumptions about your products and services, and just because you named it one thing thinking it meant A doesn't mean the client doesn't think it's B. And so you need to be sure that you're hearing why they're choosing your competitor over you. So you want to be asking those people, you know, what it is that they're making those decisions on. Another reason why you want to know who your competition is, is you want to pay attention to who's really positioning themselves as an expert, because people want to work with experts. And so you want to pay attention to what is it that the customer sees when they go to Google and they search your product or services? Who's showing up at the top? Who's speaking at conferences in your industry talking about those trends and those cutting-edge ideas? Who is the person who has the content that's getting them seen as that, as that expert? You learn this by knowing who those competitors are. And if you make friends with them, you're going to learn kind of how they're pricing things because people tell stories. Human beings are wired to tell stories. And if you have a good relationship with other people in your industry, they're going to tell you what they're doing. As I said, often they'll sit down and have coffee with you and they'll show you the blueprint of what they're doing. Another important thing is be able to identify the market share of who has what in your industry. Now, in my industry, nobody has a huge, with 50,000 people, even the celebrities who speak don't have a huge market share. There's simply too many events and not enough ability for any one speaker to be everywhere. I mean, there are people who speak a couple of hundred times a year, but even if you spoke every day, which I don't think would be possible, that's still only 365 speeches that you could give and you'd be exhausted and you'd never see your family and it would be weird. But even that 365 speeches wouldn't even be close to making a dent in market share. So in my world, nobody is dominant. Even if I slice it down to people who are talking about human engagement and potential, there's still too many people who speak on those topics or ancillary similar topics. So knowing the market share in my, my world, nobody's going to dominate it. However, in your world, there may only be three or four companies that do what you do. You need to pay attention to who is dominating that sec section and figure out why is that. Knowing your competitors can make you better. Now, one of the things I've done is because I'm so active in the National Speakers Association, it's not only have I created friendships, I've gotten involved with a couple of mastermind groups. And that is, uh, and I've talked about this before on the show, and if you're not sure what a mastermind group is, you can just Google it uh, and you'll find all kinds of information about it. But a mastermind group is a group of peers who come together to sort of share ideas. I mean, this goes back 
you know, hundreds and hundreds of years, there are all kinds of examples of people who had mastermind groups. If you think about it, the Knights of the Round Table would have been a mastermind group. Uh, ben Franklin had a mastermind group called Junta of a bunch of the leaders in the Boston area and they, I'm sorry, Philadelphia area, and they got together and they, uh, you know, talked about you know, what was needed in society. And that's how he came up with many of the great ideas that he came up with. So a president's cabinet is a mastermind is a mastermind group. Now, I have a group with three other speakers. We get together twice a year. Now, you could say we're all competitors because we all speak to businesses and associations, and we all speak on business-oriented topics. Nobody speaks on exactly the same thing, but we speak on similar enough topics that we could speak we could end up against each other, and a couple times we have, but it's very rare because there's so many opportunities out there that either you know any two of us show up on the same uh, short list for keynotes. But we get together and we talk about everything in our business. We talk about everything we're seeing, the trends, and we share these ideas. Now, some people would say, wait a minute. I don't want to hang out with people in my business. I only want to hang out with people who could buy from me. Why are you spending so much time with other speakers? Well, you can't spend your life trying to sell to everybody, and you don't want to have that kind of agenda where every time you see somebody, it's like they have a pork chop around their neck, and you're a wolf who hasn't eaten in a month, and you want to jump on them and go like, Arr. Sometimes it's good just to sit down with people who understand you. In my business, it's kind of a weird business being a professional speaker, being a motivational speaker. It's, it's kind of quirky, and so this is a group of people who understands me. They know my business. They know my topic. They know what I'm trying to accomplish. They understand what I charge. They know the pressures that exist. And we just talk about what we're trying to accomplish in the next six months. And then we hold each other accountable for it. But we get together and we're going to get together next month in November. And I'm really excited about it because this time when we get together, we're actually all speaking at the same conference. So one person got hired to do a keynote and they were looking for breakouts. And she talked to them about hiring each of us. And we're doing our breakout sessions back to back to back to back. And so we're all going to sit in the audience. We're all going to watch each other. And then at dinner that night, <clears throat> we're going to share ideas. <clears throat> excuse the cough. We're going to share ideas with people, with the other people in the group, about how they can craft, you know, their ability on stage. Hey, that one story, you missed a really powerful point. Or have you thought about switching those two stories because they'll build on each other? Or you don't spend enough time on the content that you have on XYZ. So we're going to have this entire meeting where we're going to talk about how can we be better on the stage. We're all donating two days to the other people to make sure that we can give as much as we can to make them better at their craft. That's what happens when you're friends with people in your industry. So a couple other little quick things about thinking about your competitors. Have you ever visited their website? Take a look at how they're positioning themselves. What's the first impression that people get. Maybe bring your husband or your wife or one of your friends into your office and pull up some of your competitors' websites, maybe someone who doesn't work in your industry who wouldn't have a preconceived bias, and show them each website and have them give the impressions to you of what they're seeing because that's what your customers are seeing. If they're visiting your website and your competitors, what's their, what's that feeling, that sort of X factor, that, that gut feeling of what's going on? Because if they're really crushing it, if you pick three or four people in your industry who are on top of the world, who are doing better than you, instead of being jealous of them saying, oh, me, 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 sit down with some people and say, when you visit their website, what's that un intangible feeling that you get? And then take them to your website and say, well, how do you feel when you go to mine? 
Start looking for those little nuances from the competitor. Make them your professor rather than your adversary. When you're in college and you go to a class, the the professor isn't your adversary. Your professor is there to show you the way. That's the way you got to look at competition. So visit their website. Another good trick is to Google, and I think I said this before, Google your products or services. See who's coming up on the top and see where you're coming up. Are you not showing up on the first two pages? Well, maybe it's time for a little search engine optimization. Maybe it's time to do a little content marketing. Maybe it's time to get yourself interviewed on sites that are going to have a little bit more pull when people are looking for certain certain things like that. And do a SWOT analysis. Actually take out a piece of paper and write down the strengths, the weaknesses, the opportunities, and the threats, SWOT, that you have in your business in regards to these other people who work in your industry and start looking at what are, what are my strengths? What are their strengths? What opportunities do they have? What opportunities do I have? Where's the part that I'm coming up short? Where are they coming up short? And then look at the threats. What's coming in from the outside that could hurt all of you? What, what are the changes that are coming down in your industry? If you haven't spent time looking at this from a standpoint of just your own business, you should. But I think it's better if you do an entire SWOT analysis on yourself and a few other people in your industry who are crushing it. You know, don't look at the people, you know, who are sort of faking it till they make it or the people who are kind of, you know, half foot in the water. Take a look at the people who are really doing what you want to do because here's a here's a thing. Success leaves clues. I mean, that's a cliche. You've heard that before, but it's true. The people who are out there really having success, they are leaving clues. They're dropping breadcrumbs all over the place, whether they mean to or not. Your competition isn't somebody you should be dissing. It's not somebody you should be taking pot shots at or, or mocking. Your competition, those who are excelling, who are making more money than you are, who are doing more at whatever it is you want to do, those are the people you should be admiring. And you should really be looking at how do I set myself up to learn from them. So that's what today's episode's about. Think about your competition not as the dark side. Think about your competition as a guide. Let them be the person. Find ways to partner with them. Call them up. Ask them out to coffee. Go to the trade association. Arrive early. Go to the cocktail party. Sit down next to some of these people who are legends in your industry and ask questions. Or go to the sessions that they're hosting and just take notes or just observe. Just watch them from a distance and say, how come they're doing so well? And don't focus on the BS. That's the thing that I see too much and I'm I'm guilty of it. We're all guilty of it. We diss people. It happens. But I'm really trying to get past that. As I get older, I don't care that someone else is having success. Their success isn't hurting me because I'm not directly competing with them even in my industry, maybe once in a while. But don't get caught up in this justification of somehow belittling somebody else at every chance just because it makes you feel better to say, well, here's why they're you know, not so great. Instead, say, huh, that person's doing something I want to be doing. I wonder what it is. And I bet if you really turn them into your professor, you're going to learn some new stuff. So that's today's episode. Turn your competition into your professor. I hope that that makes sense to you. And hey, before we end the show, I got to thank the other sponsor and that's Podfly Productions. 
Hey, this episode is brought to you by Podfly. They take the time and the headache out of creating a podcast. Now, do you want to do a podcast? I know some of you do. Call Podfly. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you sound amazing. They do all the heavy lifting and technical work so that you can focus on creating great content and growing your audience. I'll tell you, I've been doing this for three years, and from episode number one, Podfly has been my partner, and I have never worked with a vendor that I like more. I've never worked with a vendor who comes through for me better than Podfly Productions. They're awesome. Jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. And if you want to start a podcast, go and look at the people who are doing podcasts. They're not your competition because people who listen to their show are more likely to listen to another podcast than people who don't listen to podcasts at all. So make friends with podcasters and get involved with a group like Podfly. Find out who their other customers are. Start listening to those shows and learning. And guess what? That's what I did. I started paying attention to other podcasters and not the super famous ones. I started paying attention to ones that were like mine, maybe one or two rungs up the ladder. And that's how I've been able to grow this show. And its I'll tell you, it's slow and steady, but all of a sudden, the numbers are way up the last three months for cool things entrepreneurs do. So thank you, because if it wasn't for the audience, I wouldn't have a show. And one of the reasons the show's doing well is people are talking about it. So if you like this show, please go out. Find a couple people and tell them, hey, have you listened to cool things entrepreneurs do? Tell them that we've done 300 episodes in the last three years. Share it with them. And by the way, if you like the show, jump over to iTunes and leave a review. I would greatly appreciate that. You can follow us on Twitter at Cool Podcast. You can email me anytime you want at Tom, T-H-O-M, at TomSinger.com. And you can follow us on Facebook, Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Hey, I really appreciate you sticking with me for these solo episodes. Uh, It's so funny because I always think, who wants to listen to this? And yet the solo episodes tend to get more listens and more downloads sometimes than the ones where I interview really cool people. So who knew? Anyway, share it with people. It's fun. I love doing the show. It's been a huge part of my business the last couple of years, and uh, I am not going anywhere, even though we've now done over 300 episodes. I've already done episode 302 and 303, and you are going to be wowed by the upcoming guests. So make sure you come back in a couple of days. But in the meantime, hey, you go out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.